Do you wanna rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny. On Did That Do It For Ya? With Aurelia Grierson. <gasps> Hello and welcome to another episode of That Do It For Ya podcast, the Sexual Awakenings podcast, where we talk about the media that made us horny for the first time. I'm here with someone I consider a legend. Holy Just... shit. <laughs> did you not know? I did. Did you not know? <laughs> wow. Okay. Boost my ego right at the beginning. Why don't you? I really like to like gas up my guests <laughs> so that they're like ready to tell me like their most vulnerable secrets. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm going to go ahead and also say that while I know you to be a living legend, I do not know how to exactly pronounce your last name? That's more than fine. Uh, most of the time, professionally, if I'm being 100% honest, I go by just the first name. It's <gasps> just easier That's that way. That's hot. Okay. Okay, everyone. <laughs> we have a very special guest with us here on the pod today. It's living legend, Rollins. Hello, hello, just hello. Just Rollins. Just Rollins. <laughs> Isn't that isn't that great though? That's so sexy. Yeah. That's like I I think if anyone I know in like in life can pull off just a first name. Thank you. It is you. Thank you so much. <laughs> how you that's Rollins, how you doing? I'm you know, I'm feeling sexy, I'm feeling free, as Jesse J might say. And I'm I'm ready to be horned up today, you know? Oh yeah. That's what we like. <laughs> here where are you where in the world oh i am in lovely ashland oregon ashland oregon in what looks like a professional recording studio with your little pad of it is just a third bedroom that i (laughs) film myself tapes in amazing um i remember i came over to drop off something for you it was Mm -hmm. the cat for the for the drunk reading of hocus pocus and i saw your beautiful suburban home oh lovely and i was so jealous i just love the fact that i live near actual families and i just sit in my room and blow weed out the window (laughs) and i'm like listening to fucking chromatica on blast and i'm like i do not care who's listening right now this is the gay agenda (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, like, Ashland families, pretty common to have weed blowing out the the window. Oh, yeah. They have no complaints. I I think most children in Ashland's parents are probably high all the time. Oh, a million percent. Even in your cute little, like, nice Caucasian neighborhood. (laughs) Precisely, precisely. How are Uh, you doing? Oh, you know what? You're the first person who ever asked me that. Are you fucking kidding? I actually don't think that's true. I don't think that's true because (laughs) I'm now having a memory of the of Lawrence who came on and talked about uh, Link. Be like, how are you? Um, But you know, I just feel like in the year of our Lord 2021, how do we answer such questions as? How are you? That's, That's why I had to quote Jesse J because I, did, I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> I know. It's not fair of me to lead with that. That's like asking like Rollins out the gate. First question. What's the meaning of life? And you're like, exactly. 42. Like asking people what their favorite movie is. It's such like an uh, intimidating question. What's your favorite movie? 
Fuck you. Um, well, now I'm deadly curious. Uh, I don't know. Well, what's your answer that like, what's your like go to like top of your head? You're not going to think about it too hard answer. And then I want you to like think about it real hard. Well, I always <laughs> say bridesmaids for some reason. That checks out. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, Melissa McCarthy's character in that movie is just my acting type. This is wrong. Uh, it's like, that's the kind of funny person I want to be. Oh, God. But if I really, really thought about it. Yikes. I don't know. Get back to me. Maybe at the end of the well, episode, I'll yeah, at the end of the, we'll, we'll check back in at the end of the episode. I mean, I always say Return of the King, which isn't like completely mm. inaccurate. But really, when I thought Return of the King is like one of those movies, I guess people are calling it a comfort movie. But I wouldn't say that that's necessarily what it is. It's one of like a handful of movies that if I'm feeling like emotionally constipated, yeah, I will put on so that I can cry and like get it out. Mm, it, it's an emotional release for you. Yeah, it's an emotional release for me. There's like seven different times in that movie that I cry and I know exactly when they happen and they always happen. Just Sometimes like boom, 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 boom. that is just like much needed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that and like a little princess and <laughs> war horse oh like horse. <laughs> <laughs> so most people know that i was a uh, former horse girl oh, and yeah. once you're a horse girl you're kind of always a horse girl never go back no so like i just a horse the, the fucking war horse <laughs> so i saw the play in london fantastic like mm-hmm. really incredible incredible piece of theater i, I didn't cry though <laughs> but then when I saw the movie Steven Spielberg made based on the play, I was like... Something happened. Something. I like got a headache. I cried so hard. That did it for you. <laughs> oh, but not like that. Not like that. Not I'm like not that. Like, it's not know. like Equus. People are... Okay. You know what, though? Something has happened on the internet a few times that I would like to address here oh, on my platform. Go right ahead. People need to stop comparing me to equus it's not (laughs) funny when people do that and people keep doing it how how frequently does this happen to you it happened last week (laughs) so like well i well i do think it's like funny a part of me is also like cease (laughs) like cease immediately there's just (laughs) it's an awful comparison i I can I can attest that that thought has never crossed my mind in the slightest. Thank you. Yes, of course. I so appreciate that because there are much better things to make fun of horse girls for. I feel like Equus is low fruit. Equus is also like, oh, that's something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a lot of people who um, make those kind of comments actually don't know what Equus fully is. Also, Equus is a beautiful play. Um, I like the play Equus, but not because I'm a horse girl. I like. Um, Pony Pals and the Saddle Club because I am a horse girl. Yeah. Get it right next time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Rollins, how did we meet? How do we know each other? Can I be 100% honest? That's what we're here for. I have this- no idea. No, me neither. <laughs> I remember, I remember the, I, okay. I remember the first time I like met you and had like an actual like full blown conversation with you was uh, for auditions for Are You There? God, It's Me, Margaret. Oh, yeah, that was probably it. And I remember thinking, I have never met a person like this. I don't think I will ever meet a person like this again. 
And I am so, I want this person to like be in everything I do. And also I just was like, this is the most, I was so enamored by you instantly. I was like, they're not quite right for this project, but like, (laughs) I know that when I enter my unhinged phase. Oh yeah. Your chaos era. My chaos, which we're, we're fully in the chaos era now. Fuck yes. But like I just I thought you were so entertaining and funny. I don't remember the story that you told. Oh, I do. I told you the story of how I got the stomach flu and then I had to go to my birthday party at a trampoline park. Um and how I was like jumping and then going to go puke and then jumping and then puking. Nah, it's all coming back to me now. Which in like the age of COVID, like uh, trampoline parks sound frightening to me now, you know? May I be 100% honest about trampoline parks? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, I went to a trampoline park in 2019 was the last time I went to a trampoline park. Wow, the one recent. that was in Medford that closed down. Me and my OSF friends, no big deal. Um, we went <laughs> to a trampoline park and um, I, everyone knows that I'm a bit like of a, I'm, I'm, I'm an elder and... <laughs> I'm an elder. And so, oh God, how old was I? I was 26 or 27 when I was at this trampoline park. And I have to say, growing up with a trampoline, I thought I knew what like that was all about. And I was like, I had a giant trampoline. I know how to bounce and do all the tricks and stuff. But I didn't factor in the fact that now I'm older and my bladder isn't quite as strong as it used to be. I was leaking with every jump. I like, I like, fully pissed myself that's like understandable yeah exactly so like that's why i don't like i don't want to go ever again because like not trying to judge you but like people will piss on the trampolines and like i don't want to jump in people's piss and like i like it wasn't like a full-on pee my pants mode especially because like i was like with a a person that i like had a crush on so Mm. i was like i can't fully pee my pants i have to really like (laughs) I don't really keep it together. But I was like, oh my God, I have a weak bladder. <laughs> and like <laughs> the sheer force of my body jumping on this trampoline is just like. Wow. Leak, leak, leak. That's well, yeah, amazing. No. I just really outed myself there and I'm feeling really vulnerable. <laughs> Eric, keep that in. Eric, you keep have it to in. keep that in. <laughs> Eric, keep it in. Uh, but yeah, my first memory of you was that audition where I told that story um and I thought you were incredible and um I was like I I I envision us working together down the line and that really very gladly came true also I saw you do drag I think before I really officially met you that is also probably true Rollins has a phenomenal drag persona if you will, uh, named Share Pizza. Renamed. She has a new name now. <gasps> she has a new name? What's she named now? Her, oh my this God. is like my first official like platform of this mm. name, honestly and truly. Her name what is, is it? her name is now Fat. <laughs> which just stands for fierce and talented. Fat. Oh my God. Are there like is there like dots between the letters? Nope. No. Just the word fat. Just the word fat, but it is an acronym for fierce and talented. Oh, my God. Rollins, you are one of the most talented drag artists I've ever seen. I, Thank you. This is me. I know that it seems like I'm just like fluffing you up a lot wow. today, but I'm just a big fan. 
I really appreciate that. I I feel like quarantine really like uninspired me in terms of drag for a while. Um, but I'm trying a rebranding now, and hopefully when things open up more, like I'll get to play with that more. Because I also like did drag before I was 21, so like yeah, that was a, it's whole a whole issue. New, yeah, it's a whole new ball game now that you're of legal drinking age and can go perform in the clubs. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think you're just so talented and great, and I I remember you and your better work bitch number at Winter's Drag. Oh yeah, with the stapler. I remember, yeah, on the drop of the music, I just stood there and stapled paper. And, sta- and I was like, "This is brilliant. This is like actually brilliant drag." And I just, ooh, chef's kiss. Such uh, a fan. I think you're so fun. And also, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, uh, Too oh Much my, TV. Too Much TV, baby. So y- yesterday, two days ago, I was walking around my little neighborhood doing my like government-allowed daily walk. And <laughs> uh, I love it. Honestly, I live in a hilly neighborhood, so I'm like, this is my cardio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I put on my little like, I put on my little joggers, and I'm like, ooh, we're going for a little walk. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> and I, like, town. <laughs> This is my moment. Um, but I was listening to your SNL episode. Mm-hmm. And, and you and Sam were doing sweaty balls. And I... <laughs> I was, like, crying, laughing, and, like, gasping for air. And all of... It was a nice day out, so all these boomers were, like, in their gardens, puttering about. And, and like, they, like... One of them, like, looked over at me and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm I'm having a moment with my friends. It's just the sweaty balls. Like, sorry, guys. And I just, like, really appreciate how you and Sam are, like, the funniest people I know. Oh, whoa. <laughs> well, no, you two are just, like, like, in addition to, like, being actually legit funny, you two have very, very interesting vocal quality. Yeah. Both of you. True. And I, I don't say that to, like, I'm not, like, mm, interesting vocal <laughs> no, I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. I think you have, like, a unique sound to your voice, a very, like, idiosyncratic, very, um, it's addictive. I like listening to it. So, like, when you two get together – oh, did I did I offend you? No, 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 no. Oh, no. my God. You made a face. Oh, dude, that was, that was literally, like, my neutral <laughs> face. I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, God, I did something wrong. No, I made no, an ouchie. No. <laughs> I was trying to give a compliment. I went too far. No, keep going. Um, keep going. Keep giving a compliment. <laughs> I just, like – I was like – it's like – because, you know, like, too much TV. A lot of people talk about TV on their podcasts. And, like, I was like, what's going to make them unique? And then you put it on and you're like, oh, I understand. <laughs> I understand why this TV podcast is different than every other TV podcast well, it's, and is it's so special. because, like, we've, like, we have been trying to figure out what to do. We wanted to do a podcast together for a while, but we've been, like, we need to do something that, like, people will actually find entertaining and that like we actually have something to say because I also feel like a lot of like, Oh my God, not to throw anyone under the bus. I'm not going to say names, but there are just people who like, Oh, like the most interesting about thing about me is I just talk about my life. And if people just like hear about me and I'm like, no one really cares about you. No one cares about you that much. (laughs) So we actually like had to solidify like a topic and so that's where we went with the TV thing. And then we were like, how can we make that different? Because everyone talks about TV, as you said. So we kind of took on these characters of like exaggerated versions of ourselves, essentially, 
um, who argue with each other and, but who also like love to hyperanalyze television. And then in between, we just perform scenes from the show. That is my favorite part. I think the performance element of the podcast really sets it apart. Like, cause it's true. Like you have these like heightened versions of yourself and then there's acting and there's like actual like reenactment. Yeah, because we try to go for, like, as close to the source material as possible. And it just comes up with this, like, crazy thing because I'm, like, trying to recreate the dad from Succession's voice. and That, and, yeah. And, like, every <laughs> single impression I do just turns into Meredith from Real Housewives of Salt Lake now. And I'm like, ah. Oh, so that was a good episode. And, like, even though I, like, haven't watched most of the shows that <laughs> you have talked about. I listen, I've listened to every single episode. So. Yeah, and we want to make sure that, like, it's so people who haven't watched it can get what's going on and people who have watched it can, like, love and appreciate it. I don't, yeah, I, mean, I don't even feel like I need to watch, I don't need to watch The Undoing because nothing could, could like, it won't be as entertaining as you do talking about exactly. The Undoing. <laughs> Succession I had to watch because I was like, okay, I, I need to know what's going on. And then what happened was, and I'm watching it, I'm still watching it good here's what i'll say it's definitely one of those pieces of media where i like feel like um straight men don't use their um analytical skills and they just are like this is cool and i want to be just like this and they are like i see these people being assholes and being rewarded for it that means i can be an asshole and be rewarded for it yeah 100 percent. you know Wolf of Wall Street, guys. Yes, yes. So then I watch it and that's like not exactly what's going on. But what is going on is that Succession is just Gossip Girl. It's Gossip Girl. It's the same show. Yes, exactly. It's just like (laughs) pretentious, rich, white people with their pretentious, rich, white problems. Um, But they're uh, like all being caricatures of that stereotype. And that's what I love the most about it. It's great. And I'm going to I'm going to uh, go on my friend's podcast and talk about Succession and Gossip Girl. And I'm going to be like, these are the same show. You can't tell me that Succession is better <laughs> written dialogue. It doesn't. You can't tell me that Succession is better. It's not. These are just these are the same shows kind of presented to you with slightly different flavors. 100%. So, <laughs> 100%. So, <I'm, laughs> so, you know, if you ever want to have me on too much TV, uh, <laughs> Patreon episode to talk about that. The Gossip Girl episode. 100%. The Gossip. Oh, I've been looking for if you listener, if you sexually awoke to Gossip Girl, I want to talk to you. I'm dying to talk to you. Oh my god! Let me know. Hit up the hit up the gram. Hit up the guitar. <laughs> Let us know. We're trying to find that, and we're trying to find the grassy. Oh, Jesus Christ! Great this show. Should not be so hard. I got Emily Hawks uh, hooked on it. I watched all of it when I was in high school. That's correct. Great, great show. Great show. Great show. Great show. Um, speaking of shows oh. and tv oh my god Rollins, what are we what are we here to talk about today what made you horny i like time? okay when you present watching me, it you when you presented me with this question i honestly and truly had like a hard time figuring out exactly what i wanted to talk about um because I don't think I was like that horny of a child per se. <laughs> Wild. Um, I know. And we can get into maybe why later. I don't know. Uh, we can talk but, about that. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really, I think, explore my 
horniness until later in high school. So what I decided we should talk about and what we're talking about today <gasps> is cycle 22 of America's Next Top Model. Double X, <laughs> double I. Yes! But like, most importantly, Niall DeMarco on cycle 22 of America's Next Top Model. Oh my god. Thank you you for yes, this of course, of course thank you i am so appreciative that you wanted to talk about this because i i mean i think this is like a pretty unique thing to talk about like a lot of people say like oh i want to talk about pirates of the caribbean and i'm like we already did that you know been there <laughs> done that we all know but like this was like this is special this and is also a, i know it's a little niche um and i also know that it's not like a piece of media it is literally a single contestant on a reality show <laughs> well we're gonna like talk about america's next top model in like a grander sense i think you have to in order to understand <laughs> the context as to why this particular Niall, yeah. man is the best thing to ever happen ever ever <laughs> like full stop i was like sitting on the toilet this morning <laughs> for much longer than i had to just scrolling through his his gram, oh. preparing to like talk. And he's got like kind of a salt and pepper thing going on these days. Oh. And it works. Mm. And he just like is constantly riding his bike around, his like little tight butt, just yeah, like that up on Mambo that. Italiano ass, just riding around, <laughs> doing whatever he wants to do. I saw that I saw your name that under a couple photos. I saw that you'd like some Hello. Some of course photos. I have. To this day, <laughs> he is my love. Whenever anyone goes, uh, who is your celebrity crush? I go Niall DeMarco from Niall DeMarco. Next Top Model. <laughs> well, he's had like a pretty good career. He's like one of the one of the few like winners of that show to actually be a name that people like recognize. And yes, know. I think we will so. talk about some other winners. We're going to talk about some stuff, oh, but yes. this uh, Niall is obviously the most important thing. What would you say is your earliest memory of watching <laughs> America's Next Top Model season 22 with Niall DeMarco? Well, I watched it when it came out. I was at the point, um, I think I started with cycle 17, which was All Stars, was the first cycle I ever watched live. And I will say this right now. All Stars is the best cycle of America's Next Top Model. Shit, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Thanks. <laughs> um, because All Stars just got all of the best contestants. The guest judges were killer. Um, and the challenges, like more so than modeling, were focused on creating a brand for yourself. Mm -hmm. So they did a lot of like acting and they did, they all wrote songs. There was an episode <gasps> where they all wrote songs and made music videos. Uh and that is one of the best things that that show has ever decided to do. Um, oh, so I'm looking it up. I'm Googling. Wait, Niall is on that? No. No. Not um, on All Stars. I, not on All Stars. All Stars was all still female contestants. But then after All Stars was uh, college, um, college edition. And that's like also when they started introducing the point system, which like <sighs> is like the worst thing to ever happen to America's Next Top Models when they started judging based I off of points. I hate the point system. It's stupid. But like, it's, it's Bicycle 22. I get why they didn't. Bicycle 22, they finally figured it out though because all the way up until then, they also had an added score that was their social media score, which was the fans also got to vote on like how many points they got and it like fucked people over because like, if the fans just didn't like them, the fans would always give them low scores, no matter how good or bad the photo was. 
I just, uh, and of course, like, yeah, there was like, there's actually a, um, there was like a, a, a challenge in this season that I wanted to talk about because watching it, I was like, well, this leaves the door open for things to get really racist. Oh. I mean, and let we can, we're going to talk about like racism on America's Next Top Model because holy shit. Because they did straight up blackface on America's <laughs> Next Top Model. They did straight up blackface on America's <laughs> Next Top Model. Which season was that? Was that six? It was early on, I think five or six. Five or six, somewhere yeah. in there. They like fully like for like a got milk campaign, black faced some of these girls or like l- like white faced some of these girls. And, and they were like, we're going to give you a different race. Later on cycle 12, they also <gasps> did a challenge the, that was the like. The mixed race challenge? The mixed race challenge. Yes. Where they were like, Ugh. we're going to choose two different nationalities for you to represent. And they had this like white girl be like Korean and oh yeah Kenyan or something like that, and I was like, oh, what? It's insane. So yeah, for those, if in case you've been living under a rock um, for the past uh, whatever how many years that's over America's a next over a decade of America's Next Top Model, there were twenty two. That show was on for twenty two years. Well, there's actually no. I think twenty uh, five technically but after cycle 22 the show moved from the cw to vh1 and it became bad and rita aura was the host and no No, one cared (laughs) it was it was like a phenomenon it's a show it was a i don't we're not going to talk about anything past cycle 22 um but it was maybe yeah so it was a show hosted by uh tyra banks infamously hosted by Tyra Banks, I'm going to say, with uh, a wide array of, like, various other very uh, kooky, colorful characters. Yeah. Uh, Miss J. Alexander. Miss J. Alexander, runway diva coach extraordinaire. (laughs) You got it perfectly. That is the line. Uh, PR Maven Kelly Catrone. PR Maven Kelly Catrone. You had uh, Janice Dickinson, the first supermodel. You had Ugh. Twiggy. Um, you you know we you had um, Nigel. Paulina Poroskova. Uh, she was there. Uh, Nigel Barker. Uh, fuck Nigel Barker. Fuck Nigel Barker. Okay, I have a theory that he <gasps> had sex with contestants, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Do you have any uh, evidence to back this theory up? I would like to know. Just uh, watch All Stars and then get back to me. How about that? Okay. Watch All Stars and get back to me. <laughs> I'll send you more drunk texts. Fantastic. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I loved every second of it. I'm like, thank God they're watching. I, it was like four in the afternoon. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> no, I was like, also, why are they drunk right now? But I don't even care. <laughs> I I have like, uh, I have like this terrible thing where it's like, as soon as the weather gets warm, my body is like, you have to become 75% rosé. Sure. If, why not? <laughs> this, it's the only way you'll be happy. I'm like what they call a seasonal drinker. Like, I only want to drink when the weather's nice. Top Model is also a great drunk show in general. It's very, very easy to consume. Nothing too heavy going on at any given moment and i feel like that's why it's so easy to like have watched all 22 cycles i think probably for me several times at this point uh because you can just sit there and then 
you realize it's been the entire day and you've watched three cycles and you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> back, yeah, back when I had cable and they would have like marathons of, of cycles, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just spend a weekend like in my little cave of a bedroom and just be like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> just absorbing it. Um, what exactly about cycle 22 did it for you? Uh, Niall specifically, because we are talking about it. I just think like, he is just stunning to look at like initially off the jump he has those icy blue eyes and i know they talked about bayo's eyes so much in that fucking show but i was like why are we talking about this man over here though with the blue eyes and then like day one all the men take their clothes off they all take their clothes off. And they I'm all like, got naked on the bus. And I'm like, oh, he's naked already? Okay. Like, and then. Um, you don't have to answer these questions because I know this is personal stuff that we're getting into. Oh, yeah. Well, you are gay. Yes, I and am. <laughs> for a second, I thought you were going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Lies. You are gay. You are a notorious uh, homosexual. And I. Uh, you don't have to share, but when did you know that about yourself? Uh, is, was there a coming out moment or was, did everyone just, was everyone just like, yeah. So listen, listen, listen. I knew this question was probably going to come up. So I did all my proper research beforehand. So I have like dates and everything for you. So. <gasps> oh my God, I'm so excited. And it's interesting because it coincides with this season, interestingly. But I, um came out to myself I think pretty late um I came out to myself in like my sophomore year of high school and I I think there were a lot of factors as to why that was and I think that's like part of the reason why like I wasn't like a horny child and why I had a hard time with the question initially is because like I didn't really want to accept that part of myself for the longest time and I feel like my family uh unintentionally made it feel like maybe that was going to be a not okay thing. And like, that's not like anything that they did intentionally, of course, but um, it just made me feel some type of way. Um, So in 2015, I am like, okay, I am gay. And I like told my friends, like my three close friends at the time, um, and I didn't tell many other people besides that. And then I told my mom because my mom was mad at me and I knew she wouldn't be less mad at me if I told her I was gay. So I did. <laughs> oh my God. Did it work? Yes. Oh my God. It was so good because, okay, well, quick side story. So I essentially like would drive people before uh, I had my year. Cause you need to like have a license for a year before you drive other people in California. And so I would drive people without my year. I drove my friend to school every day and my mom found out about this because uh, the window fogged up and my friends would write on it. And so no. my mom was driving the car and saw the writing that said like, come pee, poop, whatever. Um, and, and she was like, <laughs> she was like, okay. She was pissed at me. So then what I did is I just wrote her a note that told her I was gay and I left it on the seat of the car so that the next morning she'd find it. And it worked. It worked. I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is like. 
brilliant and also like weirdly evil and like way to weaponize your queerness for your own gain like i don't like i know i just cruel thing to do probably but also like who cares like i wasn't outing anyone else except for myself no 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 no. but what's funny about it is that you were like i'm i'm gonna take like this is you were like, I have some feelings that my family might not be like totally like this might not be like an well, easy conversation for them. I knew my and mom I, would be cool with it. I knew she would be fine. Oh, okay, okay. So you and felt I knew safe. She, okay, good. Yeah, because my parents got divorced. But then I so I knew she would be like super cool with it. Um so I knew like whenever I told her she'd be like happy and accepting. So I just like right. waited for a time where I was like, I need her to be pretty happy and accepting. I need this right now. to be convenient <laughs> for me. Exactly. <laughs> you were like, this is like has to be to my advantage somehow. Like I have to like get something out of this. Yeah. So it's um. So then I didn't come out to everyone else in the world until literally January first, two thousand sixteen, where I posted at midnight on New Year's on Facebook that I was gay. Did you just say like I'm gay, or was I it like said, a long New <gasps> Year, New Me? I'm gay, and that's okay. That is what I said. <laughs> oh well, I'm getting that tattooed on my asshole. <laughs> Right. But what's interesting is that that January was a month after this season finished airing. And you were like, I'm doing this for Niall DeMarco. I mean, I mean, kind of. I don't know, because it was I think it part of it, like subconsciously, was that I read online during the season that Niall was uh, gender, not gender fluid, sexually fluid um, and that he was like open to dating anyone and i was like oh that is so cool and it was cool to see (laughs) a queer man be accepted into a extremely heterosexual space uh because cycle 22 is one of the straightest seasons of top model that i've ever seen let's talk about that because i i was like we're gonna talk about this because something was afoot with the straightness of this season mm-hmm. was this the first time that they had because like the season before was just boys right so so, so basically guys versus girls started at cycle 20 uh 2.0 oh, so it, top it, model it, 2.0 and i need to say what tyra said in cycle 20 she started the entire thing with i wanted to have men on the show because Modeling is one of the only industries where women are paid more than men. And I was like, okay, but also let's keep it that way. Can we pay can we just keep paying women more in every other industry? Let, like Yeah. <laughs> she when she would like get into like why men needed to be here, I was like, I think that men have enough. No, that was my <laughs> whole thing. And I was like, why do we need to hype up men who are skinny, white, and attractive on top of all of that? Uh, unless they're Nile, of course. Um, unless they're Nile, the season twenty-one winner was really hot. Um, I forgot his name, like Kevin something. He just yeah. had a nice face. I was like, mm, you're handsome. Yeah, cute, but, but... not Nile Demarco. A very special, special boy. But um, I feel like yeah. um, ever since then, like it, it be- made Top Model turn into like Love Island in a really weird way. It did feel that way. Like, and they were like. I think in cycle 20 and cycle 21 really fighting for people to get together. Um, and it yeah. wasn't working as well, but then cycle 22, 
they I feel like found people started people fucking. specifically who like main focus was dating. Yeah, so like you have Mikey, Mikey, Hadassah, Justin, Mane. Yeah, that Ashley. those were like the Oh, right. <laughs> well, something I wanted to talk about just in terms of like the heterosexuality of it all mm-hmm. um, that I thought was super interesting was actually surrounding Devin. Um, oh, yes, please. Because there's a couple of things about Devin. <laughs> just so much. So much um, to talk about Devin. <laughs> Can we, real quick, did you, do you remember when he said, I grew up in this industry. I've lived in model houses. I lost my virginity in this industry. I was like, Oh. Yeah, he just like <laughs> he casually drops that. And I was like, expand on that. What do you I was mean? Like, Can you unpack that a little bit more? For, like, what does it was, that mean? It was Niles Barker, um, but <laughs> Nigel. Bob Nigel. Bob. I don't know names, um, but so Devin clearly gay, like clearly a gay man. Right? <laughs> that was like really, really obvious that he was a gay man. And I think the show went to great lengths to like make sure that any mention of his homosexuality was like kept out of the show. Well, and same with any of Niall's queerness. Like they tried to pair Niall with oh, they Lacey went- the entire time. I actually have to say I thought they were cute and had some no, cute chemistry. No, they were cute but. because like, well, they were only cute because Lacey was the only person who only would treat fucking- Niall like a decent human being. Yeah, Lacey, props to fucking, like, Lacey and no one else, because she was like, I'm going to make the effort to be able to communicate with you. Justin was nice to him, too. Justin was nice to him, too. Justin, Dustin was nice to him. He had, like, three friends in the house, and everyone else was were fucking assholes. Um, When they took his phone to take selfies... And that was Devin, too. That was Devin. Oh, yeah, no, Devin, no, Devin's a piece of shit. Like, let's be clear, Devin is, like, not... Uh, he's a mean gay he's not like a person that like he had obviously had like a lot of toxicity a lot of like issues that he had to deal with but like i just found it so interesting that like there was one model who was out and like talked about that but then he was cut immediately (laughs) i i was like oh that's the only gay person he was like i'm gay i love my boyfriend and then they're like send him home because i also think they wanted single people i think that was also like an important part of it they wanted sing. I mean, I feel like gays, this is me very much generalizing, but they're a little bit single, even when they're not. T, T, but he was very like, I love my he boyfriend. He was like, I love my boyfriend. From like the beginning. Like he was like, get away from me. All right. But like the only, so the only men in the house that I believed liked women. And that's, I mean, obviously, like, not to say that they didn't also like other things. Sure. But like for, I feel like everyone, every male identifying person in the house who was like i like women it was very much like and now they're gonna have sex with one yeah, exactly like including mark including niall even though like his thing with Lacey was very like innocent and sweet i like did i did a little digging and i found out that they did hook up in the house but wow. they did hook up in the house i did but, like, not know that i was like i was i shipped them a little bit but it was like a little, little yeah, uh, anyway i love that for them i love that for them too but i i mean Obviously, Devin's gay. Obviously, Bayo's gay. Oh, hello. Like, and they were, they're like little spat that they had all the time. I was like, ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> like, I this know. is. <laughs> it was like, girls, calm down. Girls. Ladies, ladies, play nicely with each other. Just... <laughs> but I do think it is so interesting that they went to such great lengths to um, hetero wash, particularly Devin and Bayo, in a way that was just like any mention of their sexuality attraction to anyone 
will not be included, except for Devin being like, I lost my virginity in this industry. And well, then and they're I, just like, we're moving on. And I wonder if that's something that the producers intentionally cut out or if that was something that Devin and Bayo didn't talk right, did about. They de- did they decide that or was that like a decision on their end or like what was that? Because also this is my, I think, third watching of this season all the way through. Um, and this time I like really noticed that like, Devin and Mikey's relationship is very odd to me. And I feel like Devin is suppressing some feeling that he had for Mikey. And he would, oh, like, yeah. And he would get so upset, like, every time Mikey had a new girl and, like, in the cabin and he like filmed them. I was like, oh, oh yeah. That <laughs> what was are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And then he like told Justin about it. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think Devin had like a big thing for Mikey and was like upset that Mikey was like pretty straight. Um, I don't think that Mikey is sexually fluid at all. I think Mikey's oh. pretty great. I did not like Mikey. Mikey My- really pissed me off. Fuck Mikey till I fucking die. I wanted him to go home from <laughs> the first week. fucking episode. And I was like, Every his week. photos aren't even that good. He's it. Can I just, okay, to circle back to our boy Niall. Oh, thank God. I thought that he had best photo every fucking week. I was thank like, thank you. Thank you. I just, it's like everyone was like, mm, your hands, your face. I'm like, his face is perfect. His oh, hands are perfect. You sigh being like, for someone who uses his hands every day, I'm surprised his hands are so dead in every photo. <sighs> the ableism. The ableism. <laughs> the ableism just surrounding Niall was so frustrating to watch because like Niall also just like has such like this lovely personality where he was like super like like you rooted for him immediately but also like him like fully like being able to ignore that and persevere through that and still do so well in the competition is so fucking sexy to me (laughs) like that's like what made him even more attractive that it was like oh you don't even care that these people are like having drama and like I-, I loved in like episode two or three when Hadassah was having all of her problems and he was like, I am deaf. Imagine being me <laughs> and not being able to hear anything you were saying. You were acting like your problems are so big. <laughs> they are not that big. I was like, oh, that was so yes, fucking Niall. funny. It was so funny when he was like, your problems are not that big. <laughs> And it's just even funnier because it's just him holding a phone and the phone. And everyone's well, sitting there. So like, his phone. I was super glad they gave him the Opal phone. The but Opal something phone. I really, well, oh, we're going to talk about the Opal, Opal phone. phone. <laughs> they ended up using him a lot as like promo for the Opa phone. Oh, check, check check out this Opa phone. Check out the camera on this Opa we're, phone. We're hanging out in the house. We're playing with the Opa phone and we're like, wow, this thing has great uh, digital zoom. And we're like, and it's just like all of the moments that they talked about the fucking but Opa then phone. the episode where they had to film vines, the sh- camera quality on the Opa phone looked like shit. <laughs> I was like, the vine the episode. phone is that good. So this this 2016 is when this aired, yes? 2015. 15 was when this aired? Yeah, end okay. of 2015. Yeah. So super interesting watching this now and being like, what a very, very specific moment in like digital history 
this show takes place in and very unabashedly so oh yeah like the they made vines <laughs> and then tyra banks doesn't know the term influencer and she tries to like create her own oh, word yeah. for what influence she's like a beauty tainer oh uh, yeah beauty tainment and also tyra's starting an mlm <laughs> it, we to quote the menu at the fine dining establishment sherry's you always knew it would come to this <laughs> <laughs> i was like she was like I guess I never heard this before, but she was like, this is a company where women can start their own business selling my makeup. And I went, you mean a pyramid scheme? <laughs> fully. It's like her beauty tainer industry. It's like her MLM. I was like, Tyra, things can't be that bad. <laughs> oh, and her fugly ass outfit. Every fucking run. Every fucking like, you know what I'm talking about. Know. You know what I'm talking. But the sheer like loose pants. And then, like, the shoulder thing. Yeah. And then it, like, got, what? It was because Tyra, for the first time, was figuring out her short haircut and, like, didn't know what to wear with anything. And it was, the like... The tie-tie chop. Well, and then they gave Ashley the tie-tie chop for her makeover. And it was not cute. It looked bad. They should have cut Mikey's hair also. I was pissed they never <gasps> cut Mikey's I hair. I was so mad they didn't cut Mikey's hair. I think he was... He... They... Mm, mm, I mean, makeovers in general, it's a contentious thing. And I feel I feel some type of way about the makeover episode in general of every season. And I think it's always like shown as this like really bad thing that the girls are like crying and are like upset that like they're getting their head shaved and stuff. And I don't know, it sort of feels like you're really ignoring these people's like body autonomy. And like, I would also be upset if I was forced to do something like that had like like lasting physical consequences yeah, when you could just put me in a wig who've gotten the amount of like bad weave put in their hair oh my god sometimes tight. they look so oh my god sometimes they look fucking awful or it's painful well so britney on cycle 12 i remember got extensions put into her hair like sewn in extensions and for weeks was complaining about how bad it hurt and they were like oh it's just because you're a white girl getting weave for the first time blah 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 and one time tyra like maybe final six was like hey girls they had a sit down talk with them at their house and was like is there anything you want to tell me about Brittany in tears is going my head still hurts so bad and then Tyra finally looks at it and she's like oh they put this weave in way too tight it's like actually pulling at your skin we need to take this out immediately (laughs) nobody cared nobody cared I just yeah so like I I mean, part of me was like, okay, Hadassah, they're hardly shaving off okay, any of your hair, was... and you can cover it. Like, the way, the side that they're doing, you can easily do a middle part and just cover it. But, like, so, th- this was, like, one of the first tie-overs where I was like, oh, also they're getting optometrist and full dental work while sitting in the salon chair. Oh, like, poor Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> poor Courtney that entire time I did not enjoy how people were picking on her the entire time and how uh they were really trying to push for an eating disorder narrative with her 
Which was I like, was worried about her, to be honest. <laughs> no, I was like, it was tough because like everyone was talking about it except for her. And I was like, mm. oh, guys, like there's a big issue on this show. And it's I, part of the reason why this show ended. There's a big issue with consent and like mm-hmm. pe- taking people's feelings into account, as you just said, with the makeovers and like mm-hmm. how people just fight about people's personal whatever. I think it's gross. I agree. But Niall was the shining sexy light at the end of it. <sighs> I like, yeah, I've seen, I think I watched completely through cycle 12. Remember the weave moment that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I like kind of dropped off. I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's interesting. And we can like, I have like a question that we can cycle back to about this later, but like, I think this show existed in a time where we weren't talking about body positivity yet and Mm -hmm. um, we were still in kind of in the phase where like celebrities, particularly women were like, Oh, I am just this thin naturally. And I love pizza and I never work out, but I am, I like look like I might blow away with a strong breeze. And like, I know that like this show dealt with a lot of um, contestants having fully visible eating disorders and season like the way that one season one elise had an eating disorder and it was like the main narrative i think for the entire season because elise made it to the final so it was a Didn't huge elise issue win? no elise got second or third or something like that elise was a little bit of a sexual awakening for me i'm not gonna lie oh elise was a, an awakening for me she was so beautiful she's like gorgeous she was, she was gay she was out right she had a boyfriend Ew. <laughs> who came to visit her and she was what, like was that the one in milan when she like cheated on him that was cycle three that was some... that yeah 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 but yeah, that yeah. was like the other thing is like the show promoted all these like unhealthy relationships too for some reason on a f- modeling competition it's yep, just yep, yep, yep. toxic and i don't think it's a show that really can survive in the age of no. social media now especially um like social media is what ruined top model. It's what created the point system. It's what it's what created a lot of controversy. I think like this season, I think if I'm remembering correctly online, got quite a bit of backlash because of everyone's behavior, except for Niall, really. Niall was the only one who behaved. Everyone got into screaming matches with each other. There were screaming matches. And that had happened before. Like some of the, some girls fully just like didn't get along and would like get mad at each other and all that. But it's different when it's co-ed, when it's men being so aggressive towards women. Yeah. Especially. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you, do you remember? Because I don't, I don't even remember five minutes ago. Do you... (laughs) Do you think two women ever hooked up on the show? I most definitely, but I don't think the show would ever would ever show talk it. about it. There were openly out contestants, and I remember mm-hmm. well, I, one of the very early seasons. There was like a Bible girl and like an out lesbian, yep. and they did not get along because she was like, "I think your lifestyle is sinful," and she's like, "I think that you are ignorant and an asshole." And she was right. And yeah, they is, usually only like have one out lesbian at a time, which I also they can't think have is, more than one, <laughs> which I also think is like them trying to be like, no lesbians, like no, <laughs> no diddling, yeah, exactly. which of course, then they get to cycle 22 and they're like, are you fucking? Yeah. That's and can the we whole thing. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. But I think that's, well, Niall has said 
Niall and Lacey both said in interviews that they were very careful to know where the cameras were in the house to avoid being caught on camera canoodling. Good. Good on them. But you can see in the cabin, because I was such a fan of theirs as like a unit. Yes. I was like, watch in the episode when they're in the cabin, mm. I like paused because they were like filming Mikey and Mame. But you can see <gasps> Niall and Lacey and he has her like hand in his hand and he's like holding. <gasps> I and I was like, I was like two glasses of rosé in, and I was like, ah! <laughs> so yeah, I tried to like catch the moments. Good, that, good, that good. I was like, I'm obsessed with this. But you know, it's it's for the best because she was 18. Yes, most definitely. Ugh. They were obsessed with her virginity. I didn't like that. Yeah, that was weird. I forgot that they were talking about that at the beginning of hey, the season. Too. She talked about it a lot, too. She was like, this makes me unique. And I was like, oh, no, that's well, a weird thing to say. I lost 35 pounds and I'm a virgin. That's that was story. her whole thing. That <laughs> was her whole thing. She's like, I'm from the South. I used to be chubby and I've never had sex. And then that they show was... a picture of her not that chubby. <laughs> she looks very normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it's like, I wonder, um, as we kind of reflect on how we see this in our life today, I mean, I, even like when I was growing up watching this, I was barely there for the drama. I was there for the photo reveal at the um, end of the episode. Yeah. I loved the shoots and I loved like shoots. seeing them like in different situations and seeing all of like the results what was interesting about this though and i did notice that before is that this is like one of the only cycles with one photographer the whole time they were they were lower budget i know and they no had... mr j we had you sigh screaming at people being awful to people you sigh was so mean well he, would he had a like, french bulldog well they would take a photo and he'd go that sucked that was horrible do it Why again, are you laughing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. He would like have meltdowns on the <laughs> I set. And be like, I can't. Like, I can't. Sitting down at the cabin, being like, I was a biologist, and I love to come out here. I was like a biologist. <laughs> also gay, but like, <laughs> you say with his French bulldogs, just like not talking about his homosexuality. <laughs> The no homosexuality on this show not and if you're allowed. a lesbian you do not get to kiss <laughs> uh i love having um i love having queer people on this show because <laughs> i well obviously but um because i do like to talk i i am really fascinated by the concept of coming out and the concept of like what why we do that and how we do that and so I really love that your like public coming out seemed to kind of coalesce with watching this person go on this journey, mm -hmm. this kind of seemingly impossible journey and like succeeding. And I think that's really beautiful. Uh, do you see like this kind of coming alive in the era of uh, America's Next Top Model and specifically Niall? Like, do you see that reflected in your life today? Uh, that's interesting I think I have definitely changed a lot since then um but for, I think what hasn't changed is that I love people who can persevere um mm. and I still find that like 
super attractive and I find hot people still hot. Um, uh, when will that end? Exactly, which is really exciting. <laughs> when will the tyranny of sexy people be over? But it's, like, also cool to see that, like, at the same time, like, while I have changed a lot, like, watching this back, like, no, I still am the person I used to be you know it like yeah. it really dissuades any um imposter syndrome i might have in the back yeah don't of my you mind. love don't you love when you put something on and you're like you completely revert and you're like i'm 12 again and i'm watching america's next top model it's 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 oddly reassuring in um a weird way because like i i think the word um nostalgia is like misused a lot now so i don't want to necessarily say um nostalgic but like it it reminds as i said it just reminds me that like i still am at the core of my being like who i've always been which is like really nice yes i think i completely agree that nostalgia is an overused term and as someone who makes what i call nostalgia art and like uses nostalgia as like a very specific tool to do a very specific thing what I don't love is shit like Space Jam 2 or like Space Jam the reboot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but the trailer kind of slapped. I don't know. If oh, no, that. totally. Well, the thing is Space Jam is really good and you have like a really like strong concept with Space Jam. And so I but I think like in the hands of like Disney or Paramount or like any large corporation or institution, nostalgia is kind of used um as like a way to pacify as a way to like, as like a very like, Oh, this is a guaranteed way to get people's money because things are so hard and they want to go back to a time when they didn't pay bills. <laughs> but like, I'm way more interested in like returning to like pivotal moments in our lives where we, when we were young when things like a beat change happened in our mm -hmm. lives, like a, a moment of like realizing like, oh, this feeling that I'm having while watching Lord of the Rings with my parents is like, I'm horny and yeah. I'm like attracted to Pippin. And <laughs> it like, that's a beat change. And like, mm -hmm. I, and I think like coming out, especially if you do it as a young person is a huge beat change. And so I think, like, nostalgia can be a very, very effective artistic tool as, like, if we're using it to, like, analyze ourselves, to analyze, like, moments in time. And I think, like, looking back on America's Next Top Model, it's such a specific moment in time. And that is such a specific feeling you get while watching it. Not always good. Not always a good feeling. No, it's, it truly is, like a time capsule for the 2000s in general. It's yes. a time capsule for what we could say and get away with on TV at the time, which like we really can't do a lot of the things they did anymore. We touched on the racism, but like, Oh my God. It also shows um, standards of beauty at the time. It shows, um, and how standards, standards of beauty change, you know, compare yes. cycle one where everyone was super skinny and super looking a certain way to cycle 10, where we have Whitney, the first plus size um, model win, you know, yeah. and seeing that change and then going from that to Niall, you know, is like, Oh Yeah interesting to see that change and how we become more accepting of people you know we're becoming accepting of like models as people which mm -hmm. i think was like what the show initially needed to establish and then yeah. like we're okay with models who like are outside of the norm of what we consider models Absolutely. you know and then i feel like 
now with Niall, like differently abled people and people who are conventionally attractive. We can say that Niall is conventionally attractive, but like have something about them that like a lot of people put character judgments on, yeah. but we can still accept as this, uh, we can award as like this pinnacle of beauty, you know, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, uh, shortly after he won, someone had like tweeted like a picture of him and they were like, this guy is fine as hell, but he's deaf. Then <laughs> 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 Niall like responded and he was like, fine as hell and deaf. Not, there's no correlation. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, I think he really did kind of like, I think his his win was historic because in a show that that very much like even in its attempts to be boundary breaking, like, like Whitney, beautiful, but very like Eurocentric, conventionally attractive yes. fat person. Yep. Sorry. I don't know. Is, is it, I don't know if what the, what the, what the, uh, this, the, 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 the shka is about the word fat. So here, can I, can I be a hundred percent honest? Please. <laughs> so, okay. I'm glad I have a platform to have this conversation. So here's my, que- here's a question for you. And there are no wrong uh-huh. answers to this question. Incredible. If you were not to call him fat, what would you say instead? Person of size? I find that's that bad. Like, <laughs> that's bad. Like, I'm just like, yeah, that's like what I've heard. Yeah, I don't person know. Person of size or like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other plus size. Like, I don't want to hear plus size. I don't want to hear large, like fat. Yeah, I'm fat. Like, yeah, I, I guess like, because like I'm of the mind. I was like, I... I feel like if we like avoid saying fat, we're make, we're saying that like fat is a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's and, like, not. Like, ta- and that's and I, like, like, yeah, that's part of the drag name thing too. Is like rec- reclamation of the word fat and make people realize that like fat is not a bad thing. Like fat can that's be not fun. A bad thing. Fat can be fierce and talented. Exactly. Oh, love it. Okay, great. I thank you for the yeah. little educational moment. And that's for all you listeners out there. Like, if you wanted to know, just call people fat. Like, it's fine. <laughs> but don't great. go like yes. fat. Like, you know, <laughs> fat. Because I completely agree. I completely. This is lovely. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for educating me. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Whitney though. Very like conventionally attractive, like Eurocentric features white lady yeah. um so like oh no i lost my train of thought with your beautiful wisdom the show is like even even in the ways that it's boundary breaking is still very much like a it lives within the standards of like what is west like western acceptability yep. for beauty and to have someone with a disability win was like pretty huge and Niall's still very like conventionally attractive yeah and i think in a way like that is its own problem but it also like i think also shows the world in a way hey these people are attractive you know yes like <laughs> this is <laughs> there's no but <laughs> like there's yeah, no, no this guy is fine as hell but he's de- but he's deaf yeah. <laughs> like that's that's that just... is like not the first thing <laughs> like that's not even the fifth thing i think of when i think of not demarco you know it's like it's a part of him, but it's not the most important thing about him. And I think exactly the show succeeded at that and failed in that simultaneously. All the time, simultaneously. What a fascinating. And I think what Niall has done since the show has really oh, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. emphasized that. 
Yeah, he's, and like I said, I think he is probably the most successful winner of America's Next Top Model, just in terms of like how visible he is yeah. and how much he's doing. Him, and or, like, him or Eva Marcel. Eva Marcel right. was on Housewives of Atlanta. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, she's doing, know. yeah, well, <laughs> she's doing great. But like Niall uh, is like, in addition to he still models, he still does all that. But he also is a producer and an actor. And he he produced uh, the show Deaf You on Netflix. Amazing and show. If you have not watched, everyone show. go listen, watch. Highly recommend Deaf You. It's so good. Um, and that's his alma mater. He went he went to oh, yeah. that school and that yeah. So um, if you could sit down with your younger self. And watch America's Next Top Model. <laughs> what would you say <laughs> to young? Well, I would go like, "Don't worry, he's still hot." <laughs> First and he's foremost, still hot. Later, do oh, not worry. <laughs> if anything, he gets hotter. Like, oh my god! But he's also, got kind of a daddy thing going on. Oof. But like, I'd also say like, "Hey, fag! Like, you can come out <laughs> whenever you want. Like, don't have to wait for your mom to be mad at you." <laughs> no, exactly. Like, don't wait is really what i would say um because like yeah i came out to my facebook world in 2016 i didn't come out to my dad and grandma until 2018 wow so like i i i would really just be like it's not that scary it's really not that scary um and let's watch some fucking top model yes you brought something up that i wanted to talk about that i forgot about um because you're not the first person especially like a queer person to say that like I wasn't a horny child and I didn't start like having sexual feelings until I came out and I just like I think that's interesting and obviously like it may it may seem like really obvious well, like, yeah, but like it I think that like it's so interesting that it's like a, a part of your brain was just like no it's not safe it's not safe to 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 feel these things yeah I think we were like told what horniness was and we had an understanding of what it was but we were shown the traditional sense of it, which was heterosexual. And we were like, I guess we feel that way about it. But then once we actually like see something that turns us on for real, once we've accepted that part of ourselves, once we figured out like what we actually like is when we're able to allow ourselves to actually like do that and feel that way. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have, there's this term that I love to use on this podcast called heterospect, which is, <laughs> it's like the post coming out and you're like reflecting on your time on this earth and you're like, oh, that was gay. Yeah. And like speaking as like someone who like was socialized as a woman is treated like a woman for all intents and purposes. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. I like women. I like, I like, I like consider my, I, my gender is like lapsed woman. Like that's, yeah. there's like, there's, there's elements of woman there, but like, it's not the whole story. Yeah. Um, but like, as but as someone who like experienced a lot of like romantic and even like, you know, very mild, very child friendly sexual feelings for other women from a very young age like because like sexuality is like presented in such a hetero way there were, I just like didn't I was like la 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 I experienced that for boys yes but then there's this whole other thing going on that's like doesn't necessarily feel the same 
but it is still like romantic and 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 experimental <laughs> and it's 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 so interesting that like to to sometimes it takes like a really long time to recognize that that's queer love and queer sexual interest yeah and i think just some people like when they're younger are more adapt at like connecting the dots a little bit more and are a little better at that and like i was just a dumb stupid head so uh i didn't do that <laughs> but i figured it out eventually you know I, thank god <laughs> um, <laughs> did you ever have the talk like sex talk yeah what was like that and like did you have like sex ed in your school um i think like mm, my parents like didn't directly talk about it but like it, we would they would sh show me things that had sex in them probably when i was like too young for them like seven eight nine years old but like whatever sex is sex and i think that's like kind of how they approached it is like if i had a question they'd answer it honestly and whatever but i don't think that's i nice. had that many questions um so you know well, yeah, I because it's well I, I wonder also because it's straight sex you're like this does this looks like nothing to me and that was definitely <laughs> part of it that was definitely part of it so then i think like i learned about it in school but like once again that was like the thing i could take away from that was like wearing a condom and sti protection i really like <sighs> am thankful for oddly like drag race queens posting mm. about safe queer sex on social media i think that yeah. honestly and truly like was the best resource for me um because okay. i think a lot of queer people especially can get all of their sexual knowledge from porn and that Ugh. is super unhealthy you know bad bad dangerous um and dangerous. i think there was a time in my younger life where that probably like over influenced everything but then i was thankful that these older queer people had that knowledge and knew that the younger generation needs to be better and safer about sex. So they were posting those resources. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I don't, I haven't talked to a single person who had like comprehensive queer sex ed in their school. Cause they're like not a single person. Well, because like, here's the thing is like, I understand that like it doesn't pertain to everyone. Um, but like, if there were some, neither does straight sex. No, neither does straight sex. Obviously, but straight sex pertains to, I guess, baby reproduction. No. Blah 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 blah. So it's more important. More of the population is straight, which I don't even think is true. That's but, not true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Heterosexuality um, is a myth. So they were like, I, there just needs to be like a class or something that like something people can elect to go to if they are a yes. child and want to learn about that because it is important to yeah. learn about and i also think like people are like "Ooh, penis and butt like that is weird fetish gross like we don't want to teach that to children but it's like well too bad if they're gay that's how they're going to do it you know well let's also talk about like the uh penis and butt is also very uh prolific in straight porn and something like hello in my conversations like with people who like teach high school or like even like people who go to high school or recently went to high school there's like a problem like when i was yep. it, i i had i had sex for the first time i made my sexual debut if you will in high school and I never once was pressured to do anal. And today it's like expected to be on the menu because kids are getting their sex ed from porn. Yep. 
And that is, and listen, I'm not saying that like nothing wrong with taking it up the butt, but that's like a, a conversation between you and your partner and you have to be like ready for it. That's like a kind of intense thing for teenagers. I mean, sex is, is a big important thing that should be discussed anyway. But like I, when I hear that, like, oh yeah, we have a problem with like kids, like going to the, having to go to the nurse because like they have anal bleeding. Oh, what? Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is, like, at this point, like, schools and the education system, <laughs> I'm calling them out right now, but, like, yes. they need to, like, understand that, like, yes, now kids are watching porn. Like, now kids we need have to access talk about to that. Porn. So now we kids need to talk about, to like, porn. okay, you might put it up the butt, but here's how to safely put it up the butt. Let's like, learn how to safely put it up the butt. Let's learn how to safely talk about putting it up the butt. If you want to put it up the butt, cool. Like, let's make sure that no one's going to the nurse because they're butt is bleeding yeah we i think there needs to be a, more of a conversation about fetish yes. and yes. being like figure out what you like and don't just do something because someone wants you to do it and like it's because it's their fetish and like don't kink shame people and like those kind of lessons are like yeah. things we needed now to be teaching people a little bit earlier yeah and that's like i know like and listen the whole conversation that we are having here, you and I at this moment is like a pretty scary one for a lot of people. And it's probably pretty scary for a lot of parents. So I'll yeah. never become a parent. And this is why as much as my as, as much as I really wish the plays that I wrote and made like could it be performed by age appropriate actors, I can't deal with parents. Like yeah. I know I know this the kid that like 12 year olds are ready to do cabin 12. I'm not confident that any parent would be okay with their child doing cabin 12. And that's like what's tough is like, we also need to give sex ed to the parents being like, God, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> here's how to like, here's how to approach this. Like, here's how to talk to your kid about this. Um, because there is no school for parenting. There is no, There's no school for parenting and there needs to be. And it shows. Oh my God. I mean, let's talk about like all this last like week and a half with the Lil Nas X video. And people know. are like, think of the children. And I'm like, yeah, they're watch they're watching porn. Your kids are watching porn and they're thinking that it's like very normal to like stick it up the ass without asking. Well, and that's so. on you as a parent deciding what yeah. your child is allowed to consume. <laughs> so like I mean, yeah. If like, you don't want your kids to watch Satan video, don't have them watch Satan video. Like, I don't... Uh, uh, and they're like, kids are going to, like, find a way to find it. I'm like, if your kid is, like, at an age where they are internet savvy enough, their reading level is good enough that they can, like, search out things, then you have to be having conversations with them about it. Yeah. Like, you can yes. child block until they figure out their own ways around that. I, I, Don, you're or not to call like, you out, but that story well, you told was hysterical. <laughs> No, 100%. But, like, kids don't know that, like, parents don't know that kids, like, know how to get around things. And parents, I think, just need to have the conversation, like, I know you're going to do it, but how about we talk about it, like, before you make the decision and we can weigh the pros and cons before you, like, do anything you think might be a wrong thing to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I never want children because I never want the responsibility of having to, like, decide to child block something from them yeah it's it's i'm just like i want children in a weird way but i'm also like scared of like fucking a child up you know like it's a fear like, that's a whole ass human being that you could just ruin and then that person's walking around 
being like a menace to society. Yeah, and, and like my that kid was is your an fault. Awful person, I will tell them like you are an awful person. Like, what if your kid's a dick? Like, but then I it's just... my fault. But then it's my fault. You know, it's like, uh, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think kids and parents like need to figure out like everyone is a human being who is still working on themselves. Like, give everyone space, give everyone time, but also like. <laughs> Figure your own shit out and don't let it affect other people. Like, Especially your children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Parents need to understand that like, they can't let their personal shit like, affect their kids. But kids also need to understand that their parents are human beings with problems just like them. It's Aww. like a whole... Well, it's true, you know? like That's lovely. But like, th- this is as someone who like has parents who struggle with mental illness problems, you know? Like mental illness issues is like... Oh, if only I knew when I was younger that my parents were mentally ill, I would have been a little more understanding of the things they were doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no explanation. It was just, you know, on to the next. Go to to Y camp. (laughs) On that note, do you have anything you would like to promote? Oh, my God, do I. Uh, Too Much TV comes out every Wednesday. Yes, yes. I don't know when this is coming out. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. A state of television address. We're talking about Fleabag. We're talking about Drag Race. Uh, oh, you should have me on for Fleabag. I am Fleabag. <laughs> you are Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh. I am Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Oscars. A lot of exciting stuff coming up on that. And then we have a Patreon where we're going to start p- trying to post bonus content on our Patreon every Friday. And then we're also going to start live streaming for Too Much TV exciting well 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 that's awesome love too much tv you are also i think by the time this comes out for chance it will already have passed but you are also going to be in uh drink it on oh yes coming up here april 24th sparky pilastri and little brother and the little brother whose name i I forgot the name of that boy. <laughs> on the cast list, it says Little Brother. So I, Because I forgot the name of that boy. That's what I'm going with the whole time. I am Little Brother. That is my name. First name, Little. Last name, Brother. <laughs> All right, Rollins. Um, where can people find you on social media should you want to be found? Oh, my God. You can follow me on Twitter at Rollins Etch. My dad tells me I have to spell my full name for everything. R-A-W-L-I-N-S-E-C-H. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Rollinsness. That's R-A-W-L-I-N-S-N-E-S-S. And then you can follow my podcast, Too Much TV, at Too Much TV Pod. I'm not going to spell that on Instagram and Twitter. So check us out. Follow us on Patreon too. Do it. They're my favorite podcast. <laughs> um, my last question for you, Rollins, before we uh, stop recording and talk a little shit. Um, did that do it for you? Well, considering I'm rock hard right now, <laughs> I would say that did it for me. <gasps> I'm so. well that did it for me hope that did it for you thank you so much for listening that duo furia is created and hosted by aurelia grierson edited produced and theme songed by eric solis and our visual design is by margaret chambers that do it for you is a part of the juvenilia collective go to thejuveniliacollective.com to find out more follow us on twitter and instagram at that do it for you and if you want to become a monthly donor you can head on over to patreon.com slash that do it for you pod if you enjoyed this podcast tell a friend or give us a rating and review and thank you so much for being a part of this horny little community